Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network for a second time this week. Obviously, uh, Casey and I gave our thoughts and our uh, kind of relived memories, so to speak, of the Cassandro Cup 2 earlier this week, and we couldn't leave it there, obviously. It was a two-night weekend. We had to come back with another episode to chat all about the closer for Pride and Vibe weekend. Paris is bumping the Legends Ball. Um, the third edition of this... Um, <clears throat> of this uh, ballroom culture meets uh, pro wrestling centric event that is very, very focused on the history of uh, trans POC. Uh, And it definitely, once again, I think showed through throughout the course of the entire event, uh, personally. Uh, But of course, Casey is back with me here to talk about that today. How are you doing, Casey? I am living. Yeah? Yeah, it's I, been quite a wild uh, couple days. It it definitely has. Yeah, we're recording this on Sunday morning, uh, the same day it's going to go out, because um, any time we had set to record got thrown into whack by things uh, to finish out this week. Uh, so, yeah. It's Here been, we are. <laughs> it's, it's been a fucking three days, I guess. Uh, anyway... All that out of the way, we are here to talk about Paris is bumping and just take the time to relive that moment one week after it uh, occurred live on IWTV. But before we get there, there was one thing from our Cassandra Cup 2 discussion that I wanted to revisit because I realized that I had one specific person that I wanted to talk about run out of my brain just from the sheer amount of people that were in the Rumble match. And, um, you know, it can be very easy to let certain things just kind of, like, fall by the wayside whenever you're trying to, you know, hold all this information in your head at once. It's a lot of details to cover. It is. It is. But uh, I wanted to take a minute to talk about Dylan McQueen before we jumped into Paris is, is bumping. Because Dylan McQueen... Whenever Billy Dixon promised surprises for this match, I knew that, you know, we were going to get some some off-the-wall stuff, some interesting stuff here, some people that run advertise, that sort of thing. I did not expect Dylan McQueen to be in this match at all. Um, obviously, you know, he had previously announced his return to the ring for July 2nd at the Enjoy Cup in the, their tag team tournament for the Enjoy Cup there in Pittsburgh. But Dylan came out and entered this match um, less than two months ago. He couldn't walk. And to see, like, all of the the struggle that he went through online and the support that he gathered and, like, just watch him be so determined and celebrate so much just the fact that he could, like, take a few steps without a walker... And to break down and cry in happiness at that. Like, seeing him back in the ring and, like, up on the stage with the chair and just, like, being his normal, just, like, abrasive, (laughs) very in-your-face self 
um, and, and yelling at people in the ring and, um, but also at the same time, very like funny and caring, uh, person as well. Like once, once he was outside of the match, um, I don't know. It, it was one of those moments that really, really touched me because to think about the path that he's been on to get back into the ring and to make that return in the queerest rumble match ever at the queerest weekend of pro wrestling ever. I don't know. Like I can't, I can't put much more into words in terms of how I felt like it, it made me cry. Like it was just awesome to see him have the, the, the ability to come back from that injury uh, and to be able to continue down the path of his of his wrestling dreams. Yeah, I remember you reflecting on that and it being quite a big thing for you. I mean, I just remember going through those two months, you talking about it and everything. So it definitely yeah. makes sense why it was so impactful for you. Yeah, I mean, it was just... When and that when he came out, it was just like, no, this can't it can't be him. <laughs> like and it's just, but at the same time, like as much as you can't believe it, you want to believe it so bad, and then it's real and it's right there in front of you. And then to see not only that, not only that, but to see him like just having a blast, being back in front of a crowd again for the first time in months, the first time since he lost the ability to walk temporarily, you know since he went through all of this medical hullabaloo, you know, trying to figure out what was wrong with him and all that, all, all of this, to be in front of that crowd again, to see the smile on his face, and then to see him and Eddie McQueen team up together in the match <laughs> was just a really, I don't know, it was, obviously there's a connection because of the McQueen surname there, uh, but, you know, I don't know, it was just really cool to see that too for me so Dylan you shocked us all keep killing it I <laughs> I can't I can't wait to see what comes out of the enjoy cup over the next coming months as that gets released to YouTube um but yeah that was just really a really awesome moment another really really heart heartwarming moment as well from the Cassandra Cup 2 well with that done uh, let's jump into Saturday's event, Paris is Bumping. Obviously, this is the, the second one of these that we've been to. We were there for last year's. Um, kind of talk to me a bit about revisiting this scene that we both found so, like, affirming and just amazing last year for you. I mean, it was really good. Um, I didn't, like know how I was going to feel because I was worried about like traveling and two days of wrestling and everything and like whether I was going to be able to keep my energy up and everything but um that really wasn't an issue at all because you know by the end of the first day especially I was so pumped for the next yeah I can, I'm trying to think. This this was this the first time that we went to two shows in consecutive days together. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Much less, you know, traveling cross country before. Yeah. And yeah. Yes, that's very true. Because like <laughs> one show, four or five hours, it exhausts me. So I had no idea. Like going into this weekend, just generally, like you know, I thought it would be 
totally fine and everything. Um, but it's hard to gauge. And then my anxiety also puts all sorts of crazy thoughts in my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can understand that. And I, it makes me laugh just thinking like we were thinking about changing our flights to possibly go to the Battle Club Pro Show on Sunday that was at Black Wrestlers Wrestling Fest, mm-hmm. too. So it made me even like think about, like, would Casey even want to go to three shows in three days? <laughs> like, I think I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, Just carrying the momentum? Yeah, carrying the momentum, I think I could have. Um we hadn't planned ahead enough, though. Yeah, we we be didn't able to do it. Yeah, but that Battle Club Pro show looked sick. Also, I'll just throw that out there. Everybody that was at Black Wrestler Wrestling Fest on uh, Juneteenth, that that show looked sick. I can't wait for that to go up on title match. Mm. But our weekend ended at Paris's bumping. Um, we had a truly historic night here, obviously with the main event and. Um, the Paris Honors segment as well. But everything kicked off with, I believe, everyone's favorite tag team, if not simply just to say their name. Bussy, Alley Catch, and Effie versus Ashton Starr and the IWTV Independent Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, the first out LGBTQ male world champion in pro wrestling history, AC Mack. What a way to kick off this show. Damn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Now, obviously this was a logistical thing because Effie and Allie had to get to New York City for the GCW show with the Melrose that night too. Um, but still, uh, this was just outstanding from the very, very beginning, starting with, you know, Allie doing like her own uh, like Vogue, like trying to get into the, the to the mood of things and really uh, exciting the crowd and then going into the action of the match. All four of these people are known quantities. All four of these people are supremely talented and they, they showed it here. And, you know, I really like seeing more of AC and Ashton as a team together. Um, obviously, by the end of this match, we, I don't think we're going to see much more of that in pro wrestling vibe. Uh, based off of how things ended, but um, but they worked really well together. Um, you know, they both they trained at the same school um, for the most part uh, at WWA four down in Atlanta, and um, I don't know, like they're they're double like t- mashing up their like Ashton scissor kick uh, with uh, AC's Mac Ten is just a great tag team finisher. And that's obviously how the match ended with them getting hitting that and getting the pin. Um, and then afterwards, you know, we saw uh, Jared Evans return and continue the fight from the, the Rumble with Ashton Starr from the previous night, but with a new friend in tow, Max Zero. Um, all the while, AC is on stage getting the trophy for the win and then leaves Ashton... Uh, and goes back behind the curtain, just leaves Ashen to the wolves, and <laughs> and lets uh, Jared and Max hit a a move that really like made me it made me jump whenever uh, they Max and Jared did that kind of wheelbarrow double uh, senton to Ashton. Like it was just 
I don't know. Like, I just hadn't seen that before, and it was just, it just made me, like, just go, like, ah, um, whenever I saw it. But, yeah, uh, outstanding match. We're obviously continuing to forward storylines here with Jared and Ashton. There's no way that they're not going to have a, a clash down the line here in pro wrestling vibe. Um, what were your thoughts? Well, overall, like, I just love seeing these four wrestlers. Generally, I love Bussy as a tag team, and it was great seeing Ashton and AC work work together as well. Um, This was a good opening match, though. Like, I think it really kicked things off. I know it was like a logistical thing, kind of, to start out with them, but I still think that it set the whole show up really well. Um... I know we were potentially supposed to see Effie the previous night, too. Yes, he was supposed to be in the Rumble. He was supposed to be number two in the Rumble, actually. He, Dark Sheik took his spot whenever he couldn't make his flight, or when his flight got canceled. Right uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was still good being able to see him, even if it was brief. But I'm sorry, Bussy. I could not root for you during that tag team. <laughs> I had to root for Ashton and AC. Um Yes. But yeah, it was just super exciting to have them kick it off. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. Like, it, even though it was kind of like a logistical placement, this match was high energy and it brought everybody up for the rest of the night. And, and really, it didn't really dissipate for the rest of the night either. Like, the energy was so high. Yeah. I mean, how could it not be with the excellent music? The, I mean, I... Okay, so first off, the rumble from the previous night, Mm -hmm. as if y'all listen to Thursday's podcast, you will know that I was initially confused as there kept being a countdown and then lots of music and somebody else would come out. But I don't know. I was so digging all of the music. Um, I just kept thinking to myself, like, why aren't they just playing music throughout the show? (laughs) Um, Which I feel like Paris is bumping is kind of that because I feel like the the entrances are drawn out a little bit more because they're performing they're getting the scores from the judges mm-hmm. um, I lost my train of thought I, it's just <laughs> I don't know no it, it's it's very true like you know obviously rumble you get those like you get those like stings of, of music of entrance music and you get these like major like big entrances that people put a lot of thought and i just get so pumped up too yeah but at the same time because it's a rumble and like you're having to like basically get to the ring in some cases get to the ring as quickly as possible candy dylan sadly (laughs) um no shade absolutely loved all the entrances but like um you don't normally get that that a longer way to celebrate that right and And most people's entrance music is just so good i am always jamming yes and paris's bumping definitely gives you a bit even more because of what you're talking about with the judges scores and with everything not to mention the fact shout out dj accident report oh i was yes (laughs) dj accident report killed it this entire night um with with the with the music all throughout and it was just you this night felt like a party i wish i had been less self-conscious because i 
very much was holding back the urge to just like dance and i should have just done it i'm sure people would have joined oh for sure <laughs> this is the environment the perfect environment for something like that to happen just i mean you saw what happened last year like we started yeah. having like dance battles during the intermission yeah like with people so like yeah like this is the perfect environment for that sort of thing and dj accident report is is one is the main person kind of driving that by um you know Manning the music on on this show, I did somewhat jokingly, but also seriously ask you if you wanted to have him DJ our wedding. If flights weren't crazy <laughs> yeah. as shit right now, I totally would have. Because honestly, like it was a serious consideration. It was a serious accident report. It was a serious consideration. I did not tell you that while we were out in Jersey, but yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, that brings us to our first little bit of history on the show, because uh, the next match we crowned a brand new Paris is Bumping Grand Prize champion as Darius Carter faced off with Dark Sheik. Obviously, the night before, Darius put that title on the line against Billy in uh, the I Quit match that was uh, Billy's final match in his career. Win or lose. Win or lose. And obviously, Darius came out on top. And in the post-match speech that did not make the VOD on on IWTV, uh, Billy said, "You know, if I can't if I can't beat Darius, I know a bitch who can." Yeah, and that <laughs> clearly was Dark Sheik because Sheik came out here and they had um, a, a nice little match where Sheik came out on top with a backslide that she actually was like turned into a headstand. To get extra leverage on it and and shock pin Darius Carter and send him to the back for the rest of the night and to claim that egregiously large trophy <laughs> that, that is taller than most of the wrestlers. <laughs> um, but no, it was a great moment. You get to celebrate Sheik again on this show um, on this weekend. And, you know, this is the first of three times that we got to celebrate Sheik, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know, Sheik was in the main event. Sheik was already announced as one of the honorees for Paris Honors this year, too. Um, but it was just great to have her have this moment and to become the second Grand Prize champion to eliminate the evil that is Darius Carter from <laughs> Paris's bumping for this year and not have to worry about the leader of the Best Business Bureau going forward for the rest of the night. Um, yeah, just all around feel good moment and Sheik celebrating with the, with the trophy afterwards. It's just one of those moments that is going to, going to stay with me for a little bit. Yeah. I, first off, I love Best Business Bureau. I love Darius (laughs) Carter. Just like his intro, just everything. Oh my God. It just works so well. And in those moments, it's hard for me to hate him. (laughs) Yes. Um, he just plays it so well. Um, but it was very cathartic with Sheik winning. Um, I had been trying to get, I'm no photographer, but I was trying to get a few pictures of, of the shows just kind of throughout the night and everything. And the best pictures that I think I got were Darius's intro. Um, just because like, he's so slow and methodical with like, his movements and everything. And then also with Sheik celebrating with the trophy afterwards. Yeah. So I was really happy 
They're not great pictures, but <laughs> from my memories, I was very happy. About exactly. Those. No, and another thing about this match too was like how she kind of made the challenge too, because you know she came out. She said, "This is for Billy." obviously, but this is also for Mariah. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, hit a lot of people there in the building and a lot of people that were in the know watching very, very hard because Mariah Marina was supposed to be there this week, that weekend. Mm-hmm. Mariah Marina was supposed to be part of that main event, that historic all-trans-femme main event that we saw. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a bummer that she ended up pulling out and, and announcing her retirement just a few days before the weekend started. But I think, you know, obviously I, I wrote a story about this on Up on Outsports, but, and, and whenever you understand the reasons why she did, like it totally makes sense. And, and to have Sheik there, another, you know, West coast based, uh, wrestler, um, to kind of invoke Mariah's name in defeating this, what has been set up as the ultimate evil in this universe, um, was really awesome to see, and you know this wasn't the first time that the last time rather that Mariah was shown uh, an, an abundance of love on this show because you know everybody in that building absolutely adores her. If she is like done 100% with wrestling, you know she leaves behind a legacy that is uh, historic and groundbreaking for so many reasons, other than just the fact that she was one of the first, uh, if not the first out trans, uh, female wrestler in North America. Um, just out an outstanding moment to, to have her celebrated alongside this, this championship win as well. Um, yeah. There's a lot of emotion in everything that happens. At Paris oh my Bumping. God. There was so much, like I knew that I was going to cry just generally at some point yeah. during the show. Yeah. I just did not know how hard I was going to be crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of uh, emotion, though, I think the next match was very, very... Um, I think it ran the gamut of emotion, in a way, because we had the Slave Viver series next. Yes. House of McQueen against the Best Business Bureau. Now, obviously, this was originally House of McQueen versus House of Atari, but um, you know a number of the the talents in House of Atari, whether it be travel issues or health issues or or anything like that, were not able to make the trip out. So uh, the Best Business Bureau were inserted there, and um, it was this outstanding match. We had House of McQueen, of course, led by Eddie McQueen. Uh, Karen Bam Bam, uh, Gabby Ortiz, and uh, DM Kiddo against uh, the Best Business Bureau, Killian McMurphy, Jordan Blade, Eel O'Neill, and Felicia Rose, which... Yes. <laughs> Felicia... Oh my... Okay. We need to talk about Felicia for a second, because I feel like we didn't... Oh, I know we did not talk about her promo ahead of the Billy versus Darius match last uh, on the last show at Cassandra Cup 2. But Felicia is just so fucking good at being evil. I know, fucking all the best business bureau. Yeah, best business bureau. I keep needing to check myself. (laughs) She's just, there's just like this, this like, like, 
she demonic nature to her voice whenever she wants to just like get into that guttural like scream that she get, that she does. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, I was just gonna say like I don't know. She just ties everything together so well for the best business bureau. Yeah, just like the way she says "fuck you, Billy Dixon" is just it just. I can't help but like. I never uh, thought I would ever be so emotionally invested in wrestling. Right? Just like, Sinks yeah. It's hooks into you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to go back to the first episode to see how I was feeling about it then because uh-huh. things have. It's just been a huge difference. No, it it definitely has that effect. Well, no, Felicia is, is incredibly effective in her role. And in this match, she was wrestling. I, uh, I guess to an extent, um, obviously. Quote, unquote. Yes. She ended up uh, fainting at, the, at the, the, um, the prospect of having to be physically uh, assaulted by Karen Bam Bam. After she was like talking shit up. Uh-huh. She fainted and she was eliminated first. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I will say she probably did better than I would. So, yes, just saying. Yes. But no, this was just another another match to showcase uh, both of these teams, and and honestly, the I think what defines both of these teams was on display very very well because everything from the House of McQueen entrance, which again Eddie McQueen and House of McQueen killed the entrance for the second year in a row, mm-hmm. just beautiful, um, down to like Best Business Bureau just. On, and with their entrance, just doing their like obnoxious, cool. I love the evil thing. baddies. <laughs> yeah, the, yes, the evil baddies is doing their thing. Killian with his with his trophy again. Although boo him. Yes, then the USA <laughs> chant started again, trying to at least. Um, but yeah, we end up going through the match. Eddie, I felt like Eddie, this is a really good match for him to show once again what he's capable of. Ends up being the final member of his team left to face off with Killian and and Jordan. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously that two-on-one scenario, eventually it's going to catch up to you, and it it did for Eddie. Um, And the Best Business Bureau ended up winning with Killian and Jordan being the, the sole survivors. I guess the survivors, rather, not soul survivors. Slave Ivers. Um, slave Ivers, there you go. Um, but yeah, like, overall, like, everyone I felt like got a, a good opportunity to, to shine in this match. I really liked seeing DM Kiddo again. I feel like DM is somebody that I don't see in enough places, honestly. Um, you know, he's very, very active on social media. Uh, and, and, you know, he's starting to get in, he's been in, into gear making as well. Like, I think he made his own gear as like a, hmm. um, uh, a tribute to, uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad, um, for the show too. So like, he's definitely in like very in, entrenched in pro wrestling, but I don't see him on enough promotions and that should change. That should seriously change. DM Kado should be, uh, in more places and I'm, I'm not going to stop talking about it until I do <laughs> see it. Um, but yeah, this is just a really a really fun match all around. Um, yeah, and Matt King Jordan Slade. Yes, Jordan. Jordan was so good. <laughs> and this, uh, Jordan is just good in general. Like I just, I just, god damn it! Every time, every time, Jordan. We love you, Jordan. We love you so much. Um, 
that's going to bring us to our first kind of non-wrestling segment that definitely turned into a wrestling segment, though. Lip Sync Deathmatch. Yes. Pollo Del Mar, the manager of champions, the QWI 2021 personality of the year <laughs> against Washington Heights. The as announced during this show, the 2021 Pro Wrestling Vibe Personality of the Year. Oh, so even more uh, drama added on top of this. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, like these two are kind of like the the drag uh, patron saints of uh, Pro Wrestling Vibe right now. Really, um, a lot of pro wrestling. Honestly, you know, Paulie is doing a lot of work with a number of companies here. Um, just debuted on NWA as we're talking now. Um, so, yeah, like this was a, a really fun setup um, because you don't normally get this sort of thing. We got a, a lip sync death match last year with Washi and Ariella. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun and, and, and kind of was a, a tribute to Washington's father, New Jack, at the end there. Um, but this one just felt like it was set up more as just a straight up like lip sync death match in in a way and obviously it broke down as Pollo got frustrated and attacked Washington and then out <laughs> of nowhere here comes Ariella Nix and out of nowhere here comes Sahara 7 which I don't know if many people remember but last year after Paris is bumping uh, Solid Gold 21 I remember seeing Washington and Sahara talking about starting their own house Mm. in the pro wrestling vibe universe so it made total sense that sahara is running out to defend washington against ariella and pollo and then that jumps right into a match with what with ariella versus sahara seven mm-hmm. um you know and and this was uh pretty intense i think that they, they really like it they jumped the gun and just kept going with that energy for them all the way through until um, roughly like six or seven minutes later, we had Sahara 7 get the pin with a gory bomb. Um, you know, and Pollo continued trying to insert herself <laughs> into this thing um, here and there. Uh, and then at the end, Washington and Sahara stood tall, um, threw up the X for New Jack again um, in celebration of Washington's father. And just a really feel good moment to come out of uh, Pollo's attempts at something very, very dastardly. <laughs> yes, shame. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know if you. Have, what were your thoughts on on the match? Um, the the moment rather. I mean, you you covered a lot of it. Like I was not expecting this lip sync death match to turn into a wrestling match. So that was a really exciting twist for me. Um, I was also excited to see Sahara. Like I had already seen her around, just generally in the venue. Oh um, yeah. Have I seen Ariella Nix? Yes. Was, oh, yes, yes, She was yes. on Paris is Bumming last year. Yes. She's on Butch being, for, as soon said, as I said <laughs> it, I'm like, oh, yes, I do remember yes. saying this name before. She's also on Butch versus Gore back in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall, like, I do just love how this kind of continued the drama and excitement. Yes. Yes. And I, I love that... Uh, I hope this like partnership between Ariella and, and Pollo continues because I feel like um, I, I feel like they fit each other um, in a mm-hmm. way. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Um, Pollo just has a way of bringing, even though someone's already kind of mean, 
Poyo has a way of bringing out more of that meanness <laughs> in them. So, um, yeah, it's just really cool to see. Um, but yeah, like I I really enjoyed this one too. It was just a, it was just a lot of fun. It was just it was like, different for sure. But like I liked that about it. Yeah, but that's what I like about yeah Paris's bumping generally. It's one it's, of the, oh, sorry. It's just a lot. Like it's so different from a traditional wrestling show. Mm-hmm. But I just eat it up. Yeah, this one just had such a hot start to it that you didn't really have time to prepare yourself, and because of that, you just were pulled along for the ride mm-hmm. um, all the way to the end. So, really, really good stuff there. Uh, that kind of brought us to uh, the kind of non-ring part of the show as well, because after this, we got the Vogue battle on stage, followed by Paris Honors, uh, and then we went to intermission and got a little bit of a, of a breather there. But... Um, Talk to me about uh, the Vogue battle. I felt like that was a really, obviously, a cool thing that started last year. What did you think of the Vogue battle, though? Um, I mean, I liked it. Again, it was just uh, another break in pace. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I was on, like, the very opposite side of the room. So, like, I think it made it a little bit harder for me to, like, see. But, I mean, I love watching people dance just generally. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. It just... <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm having trouble putting it into words, I guess. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's another aspect of Paris's bumping that you don't get at any other pro wrestling show. Yeah. Or for me, just generally, like anywhere else outside of like shows, you yeah. know? Because like, I don't really know if there's a, a any kind of ballroom scene in Portland. Yeah, if, I don't either. Because yeah, like, you know, that is very much still a, a New York City thing. Obviously, it's getting more pop culture play now. But, um, but yeah, like, it's just, it's just something that is unique to this company in the pro wrestling world that you're going to see. And honestly, you know, I think it's been said multiple times. I'll say it again. Like Vogue and pro wrestling are the same thing. (laughs) They really are. And that's why they fit so well together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really was, what tickled me was to see Billy at the end, whenever like, Everybody, all the the dance the the uh, dancers and, and vogers had had finished to see Billy kind of come out on stage like getting ready for Paris Honors, and then him start <laughs> kind of starting to vogue a bit and trying to get in get into the thing there because like I remember from a past interview with him at one point like whenever he you know because he grew up in um they grew up in the Bronx and at one point he wanted to be in ballroom. And he tried, and in his opinion, his words absolutely sucked <laughs> and and did not continue down that road. So it was just fun to see him kind of have a little bit of a moment to embrace that thing that I know that he loved for, for a long time, still loves, obviously, and to have a little bit of a moment there mm-hmm. just to cut loose, you know? Like, it was just really fun to see. Um, and that was the precursor to the... The crying. The, the crying. The great crying. My God, the great crying. <laughs> Paris Honors, um, the uh, LGBTQ Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, basically. Um, we inducted the second class this year. Uh, Eddie McQueen, Dark Sheik, and Larry Legend. They now join Casey Michael, um, Faye Jackson, and Mariah Moreno in, in that pantheon there. 
Um, the speeches and induction speeches were outstanding. Chad Spectacular uh, inducting Larry Legend was just, you could tell the closeness that they have and the inspiration that Chad himself pulls from Larry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, And I know Larry inspires a lot of people, but th- I think Chad was a perfect choice there. Also, shout out for the hot dog joke. Love it. <laughs> like Larry loves to talk about those plump, juicy hot dogs. Um, and one of the special for me was to see Corinne Mink come back and induct Eddie. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Corinne retired at the end of 2021. And, you know, has always been a, a huge uh, friend to Billy. Has been a, a major part of a number of... Um, inclusive promotions and um, and shows, you know, and has also been has talked openly about their own like gender non-conforming journey in a way too. So it was just really cool to see see Corinne back in a ring for the first time in, in a while and to celebrate Eddie's journey and and what her you know talking about you know how what what other people that Eddie has been associated with does not define his legacy anymore and, and doesn't from here on out. Like, that really um, hit hard, you know, for me because, like, that is just the absolute truth. And that's something that Eddie and I, you know, we talked about that whenever I had him on the show ahead of the, ahead of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very true. Like Eddie is someone who, because of his association with a matter of pride, um, has been kind of been overlooked in a way or, or shunned by some people, which is an absolute shame because Eddie is a doll and Eddie is a, a legend and being put into this hall kind of just puts that into perspective once again, you know? Another person who should be on more shows, Eddie McQueen. Um, and then Dark Sheik. I, I swear. Billy inducting Dark Sheik was just a beautiful like journey down memory lane for himself. And this journey that Hood Slam has been on, that Dark Sheik has been on, publicly transitioning in wrestling. You know, being one of the first people to do that. Um, and to build... Not just Hood Slam, but the idea that a promotion like Hood Slam that opens up pro wrestling to so many other communities other than just, like, the people that watch AEW or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or WWE. And to realize that you can do anything you want to with this. You can do anything with pro wrestling. It doesn't have to be one specific vision. Um, it spoke very true to Sheik's nature, and I felt like that Sheik's speech accepting the the honor, two things stood out to me. One, we talked about, you know, whenever she started Hood Slam back in 2010, that she wanted to create a place where people like her and, and the people around her could just do wrestling on their own terms. And being in the building at Paris's Bumping was the first time that she realized that it worked because... Billy has built this. Billy Billy has built this almost in in the same way that that Sheik wanted to build Hood Slam into what it is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, the the wise words: uh, the only constant in this world is change. Yeah. And Paris's bumping represents change. 
like pro wrestling vibe represents change. The the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement as a whole represents change in that way. Um, and yeah, Sheik just has a certain poise to her. Anytime that she's like speaking publicly, it's just you hang on every word with her. And I was already crying a bunch at that point. Yeah, trying not to. I'm not. <laughs> it's okay if other people cry. Yes. Other, other people should be expressing their feelings. It's totally acceptable, but not me, and especially you're, not in public. You're other people. <laughs> no. yes. Maybe to you, but to me, I am not other people. Um, also, like, I am going through a hormone change, so that just, like, mm-hmm. amplified it. My God. <laughs> so, you know, I already knew I was going to cry. I wasn't expecting, like how hard I would be crying. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was really touching overall. And God, I don't know the exact words that were used, but I do remember hearing something like, we are creating these awards for ourselves because the mainstream doesn't. Yeah recognize us mm-hmm. and like i don't know that just really hit me hard and the awards kept going mm-hmm. everything everybody was saying was so beautiful and on point yeah uh i mean it's the whole spirit yeah pro wrestling vibe is that like if the mainstream isn't give i mean it's the, it's the spirit of ballroom queer wrestling oh yeah ballroom too it's yeah the spirit just... of it's the spirit of queer culture really. yeah overall like if if the mainstream is not giving you what you need to see or is not giving you space to to make what you need to see then motherfucker you claim your space and And that to me is feels so much more legitimate yeah yeah and that's really also fuck BET y'all should like watch (laughs) Lil Nas X is new uh video life to the party yeah late, late to, the, to the, party. the party yes <laughs> yes because i feel like it's kind of this along the same line speaking of just it being part of queer culture mm-hmm. oh yeah no i totally understand why you bring that up i really do also just because it's been stuck in my head since it was released like <laughs> what a day and a half ago roughly yeah <laughs> oh. beautiful beautiful induction ceremony for the second time here i this is this segment has to be my favorite part of going to the Paris Pumping shows. Just because, like, obviously we celebrate the people in our community through watching them wrestle and cheer them on or boo them and that sort of thing, but you don't get moments like this on any other wrestling show. Right. And yeah. that is what makes this... Un- another reason why this, this is unique. And I... I will cry every year. I don't care. Make me cry, damn it. I just want to keep seeing this grow and seeing the, the, the number of people in this in this Hall of Fame in Paris Honors continue to grow. Drain my tears from my face, <laughs> please.
Alright, Yens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT RingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Well, we're going to, I guess that brings us back into the wrestling, though, because we kicked off the second half of the show with a surprise. Nick Pierce, hot referee. Yes, hot ref, referee Nick Pierce, came out uh, after, um, you know, entering the Cassandro Cup Rumble the previous night and came out in his uh, wrestling gear and they wanted a match. They didn't care who it was. They wanted a match. And who answered the call but Erica Lee, uh, the gummy bear kid herself, walked from the merch table <laughs> over into the ring <laughs> and uh, gave Nick their first one-on-one match in pro wrestling vibe. One of the few like first matches that, he, that they've had um, since uh, really kind of transitioning out of being a referee and into being a wrestler as well. Um, and you know, Nick got a couple of, a couple, a few spots here to really kind of show what they can do. And that was really cool to see. Uh, but of course, Erica is just, Erica's too big, too much of a force, (laughs) big gal. Um, and ended up hitting the spear and, and defeating Nick. Um, what do you think of, uh, of this kind of getting Nick having another like minor, like coming out party uh in his uh transition away from being a ref um i don't know i thought it was really fun just generally because like you had told me that nick would be wrestling but i wasn't sure totally what to expect per se if that Mm. makes sense well see i i i knew that nick announced that this was the final weekend of that that oh that's right yeah i didn't know you didn't know the right yeah yeah, i knew they were going to be transitioning into being a wrestler that's what it was yeah yeah. i didn't know that they were wrestling on this weekend though yeah that was a surprise yeah 
Yeah. Uh, but I did like how they played that out mm-hmm. once they were in the ring. Um, so. And I just like uh, watching Eric Lee generally, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure who who might win that one. I, I guess I'm not surprised overall. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing Nick develop and everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Nick already has another, like, big booking on a queer show coming out of this. Like, they've been booked for Russell Queerdom, the show that Transgraps is running on August 6th up in uh, New Hampshire. Mm. So, you know... Nick is already getting the bookings <laughs> coming out of the weekend. So it's just really, I, I'm excited to see where Nick goes. Um, Erica always, as always, is, is just really good. And um, the, I, I love that there was a video floating around online uh, afterwards of like, after the match, like Erica wins and goes back to the merch table. And Nick, really, <laughs> Nick walks over to Erica's merch table and it's like, I forgot to bring a shirt. <laughs> and so like Erica just like whatever like gives gives them like one of like her like pooper eight shirts to wear for the rest of the night and it's just like this kid. <laughs> so there's a lot of fun all around there. Um and it's going to be a lot of a lot of uh good times watching Nick continue to develop another T2T uh, mm. uh person there as well. Um next up probably the so many people are calling this the match of the night, just from like a purely in-ring perspective. Mm. Devon Monroe, Trisha Dora. Um, Devon Monroe and Trisha Dora both are stars. There's no one's going to argue with me on that, ever, 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 ever. Um, to that end, I still have not seen the Devon Monroe Sunny Kiss match from uh, Russell Palooza the next day on on Sunday that that happened in uh, Minnesota. So it was just cool. I, I still I need to see that match. I really do. And it was cool to see like Devon kind of have this moment as Sonny is up on the judges panel. Yes. Watching, uh, knowing that they're going to wrestle the next night. Um, but yeah, like this match is just an, another like kind of nonstop action sort of thing. A lot, like Trish's ground uh, work mixed with Devon's like Lucha inspired, like high flying style works really well. It delivered probably the sickest looking German suplex I've seen in a while. Whenever Trish, like on her knees, leveraged Devon and Germaned him over, um, right on like the base of his neck and shoulders, just like rough looking. I was one of those that like, I'm pretty sure that I, I was afraid I was going to get caught on the mic because I yelped <laughs> so loud and I saw that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, just like fucking sick looking. Um, Sick as in cool. But, yeah, uh, Trish ends up getting the win with a submission in the match. And um, they uh, just, I don't know. Like, this match is just so, so good. I understand why a lot of people saw this as the match of the night coming out of it. What about you? Yeah, I could definitely see why it was described that way. Um, I was surprised by the submission just because, like, Devon in my mind, is always, like, so nimble and flexible. Like, it's just hard to imagine, like, him losing by submission. Um, Also, this doesn't have... Like, you've covered the match really well as it was, Mm -hmm. but I love Devon's 
rain gear. Yes. Oh my god, it yes. is fucking amazing. So I couldn't not. I mean, I usually like people's rain gear, and I think I feel like I comment on it a lot mm-hmm. generally, which is why I was trying to not comment on it on these two shows. But <laughs> I couldn't not comment for Devon's. Yes. No. It it it's definitely uh, warranted. I feel <laughs> it's just so good. But yeah, these two worked so well together and you could tell that it was just they were just having a lot of fun working together as well mm-hmm. even with the intensity that Trish brings and also the intensity that Devon can bring out too Devon right. can get very very feisty yeah. in there so like it was just really it was really cool to see these two going to go at it two staples of pro wrestling vibe i feel like we're going to see a lot more of both of them going forward at pro wrestling vibe shows i would be excited for that like i've really enjoyed watching them wrestle like separately in other matches so it was just an exciting pair up for me yeah it really really was um and then (laughs) okay let's talk about some sweatpants (laughs) after the immense success of the gray sweatpants battle royal in tampa we brought the concept back for a scramble match. The Gray Sweatpants Scramble, hosted by Faye Jackson. We had Who eight, hates wrestling. Who hates wrestling, yes. And also apparently does not like whenever you are not advertised for a match and you decide to show up outside Max Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. We had uh, Jared Evans, Elijah Friday, PB Smooth, uh, Legit Perfect Perkins, Sazzy Boatwright, Angelo Carter, Sway Archer, and there's I anytime these multi-person match uh, Jared Evans. There we go. I have to say, just for a behind the scenes thing, mm-hmm. Brian is not reading from a list when they <laughs> recall all of these multi-wrestler matches. They are not looking at a list. <laughs> Which is always whenever I get to like the last person, I have to like pause and like vamp and run through my mind to try and make sure that it, I missed the, the I didn't miss one. So yeah, yeah, they <laughs> called out anyway. <laughs> we had eight you nerd. Yes, I am a fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> had eight individuals, two of which did not get the memo. Apparently. Um, well, I guess one did get the memo, but then took his pants off in Jared Evans after Max Zero was removed from ringside by Faye Jackson. And Angelo ended up putting on his sweatpants. Yes. So Angelo was taken away from that as well. Oh, and Jay George. There we go. There's the <laughs> other one that was missing. Jay George. He's the. After Angelo put on Jared's pants, Jay George basically became the, the only person who did not get the memo in, in this match. Uh, if anybody got the memo more than anyone else, I would say it's probably PB Smooth coming out and taking off his sweatpants to reveal the uh, the sweatpants, uh, quote, hoochie daddy shorts, <laughs> as has been bantied about online a lot going into this match. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just, oh my god. It, it had all of the, the, the greatest hits from the, from the Battle Royal. But with new stuff mixed in as well, legit perfect Perkins took a Viagra on the way to the ring. <laughs> um, what the fuck? <laughs> I love pro wrestling, and I love pro wrestling matches that make me just like throw my hands up and just say what the fuck because like this was just 
so much fun. Um, they brought back the the chair dancing, the lap dancing again. This time with Sazzy in tow, so you get your non-binary representation yeah. in that. And <laughs> fucking my neck, my back comes on, <laughs> and just the whole thing gets lost. PB Spoon pulls out the magnums again. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Sahara Seven had so much fun stripping the pants off of PB Smooth before that match started. <laughs> um, and like at the same time, like the wrestling in this match was also really good. Like I feel like everybody had a chance to shine. For the uh, J George, you know, being the the kind of like shit heel personality that he is, like the cowardly cowardly heel in a way. Um, uh, as well as the obnoxious heel. So many different versions of a heel packed into one person and Jay George kind of really showing out there. And then Elijah Friday is somebody that I, 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 is another person who needs to be booked, booked in more places, honestly. Uh, I was really happy to see him in this match, too, because like I don't get the chance to see Elijah Friday that often. And, <laughs> and he's just really good. Um, match kind of devolves into... Uh, Everybody kind of hitting ma- big moves, major moves on each other until PB Smooth uh, makes sure to tell all of us to keep it player before um, hitting uh, legit perfect per- per- oh legit perfect Perkins with uh, Widowmaker and uh, getting the the pinfall victory there to win the what in the building you and I thought was like a rabbit's foot or some form uh-huh. of sex toy, but Watching the VOD back, it was actually a keychain. To I, and the, like the insinuation being like, "Here's me, my keys." The insinuation being like a key to Faye Jackson's room. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't fully explained there, but, but on the VOD, there's a lot. Of, even on the VOD, it wasn't fully explained. I see, but you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, there were plenty of moments in this match where, you know, everybody trying to see something. Just, <laughs> yep. I just had Tasha Steele's uh, <laughs> playing in the back of my brain the entire time, talking about binoculars and shit, like, watching this match. It was so much fun. So, so good. Um, I am very curious to hear your thoughts on this one, though. I mean, I really liked this match, too, of course. I really thought uh, you mentioned people see... Brian can recall all these names. I can't. I'm sorry, y'all. But when the one person put on the sweatpants of the other person at the beginning. Oh, um, yeah. Angelo. Yes. Those sweatpants were so tiny. I did not think that they were going to go on. (laughs) (laughs) No shade, Jared. No, No, it's just like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Now I lost my train of thought. I don't know. this, This whole... Like, this was just a good callback from the Sweatpants Battle Royale, or Royal, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked watching it. Uh, PB is great. Not surprised that he was the victor. Um, I also really like Sazzy's gray sweatpants, assless chaps. Yes. It took me a minute, because, like, they aren't the light gray that I would usually think of mm-hmm. with sweatpants so like i'm like i was thinking that they weren't sweatpants either <laughs> so i thought another person was violating the rules <laughs> um, but no they were just assless chaps sweatpants yes which was fucking amazing yes um 
another fun exchange there for me was like you know Sazzy was like staring down PB and like Sazzy was just like just I can't remember what they what they said uh, but PB responded just simply by saying like I fucked your mom and like Sazzy would just like it felt like a knife went in their heart or something for like a split second (laughs) it's like oh no my power has been turned against me (laughs) oh my god yes no, this was just... It was so much fun. It had the same sort of uh, vibe of, like, you know, male sexual expression as the first match did. On a lower scale, just because you don't have as many people in the match and that sort of thing. Yeah, but I do feel like, in some ways, even though there were fewer people, like, that, that like, allowed, like, PB Smooth to take it to the extreme with his... Yeah shorts it and did stuff. it did but also as much as like i feel like the 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 first battle royal was very much defined by the positive male sexual expression within it uh-huh. as well as the flipping of that of the gaze that pro wrestling usually has right um on in terms of the the sexual gaze that it has this match while it also like catered to those things as well also celebrated so Many other uh, gender identities in terms right. of sexual expression as well, because you had Sazzy in there, who's in t- like I'm not going to say that their entire gimmick is sexual expression, um, considering they come out to a song called "I Fucked Your Mom," <laughs> but like it is a it is a huge part of it and something that they are very very passionate about showing through mm-hmm. that as well, and they had a chance in this match to show that to the nth degree, um, you know, and so like. I feel like it expanded on the idea of what the Grey Sweatpants Battle Royal philosophically can be yeah, as well. I really appreciated seeing them in the match. Yeah, with this match too. Just all around fun. I pro- probably the most like raucous match of the show, I would say. Which it's going to be. You have the most people. You have everything hanging. Think of the children. There were children there. There were children at the show. <laughs> like... It was fun. <laughs> yeah, no. I say that completely technically. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but of course, with PB winning that match, it brings us to the main event. The historic main event on this show. The first all-trans-femme main event in pro wrestling history. As Dark Sheik defends the Grand Prize Championship against Edith Surreal and Candy Lee. With Crystal from T2T being the referee, so every participant in the ring in this match was a trans woman. Of course, was a trans woman. Um, just a thing that you, if you had asked me 10 to 15 years ago if I would ever see this, um, well, first off, if you asked me that about anything that we see in pro wrestling nowadays, <laughs> I would probably have a very a severe level of doubt about that that I would see those things but this specifically speaks so much to how far pro wrestling has come over the course of of this time that we've seen uh the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement proliferate throughout the world of pro wrestling not just North America um yeah it was just so good and I I want to get your thoughts before I share my thoughts on, on this match. And, of course, Max wants to share his thoughts as well. 
Well, first off, I just have to say that my cat is adorable and he just ran in here with his toy in his mouth, meowing because he wants to play. Anyway, sorry, you can cut that out <laughs> later if you want to. Um, but yes, so for the match, this to me was just another huge emotional moment. Like it took me back to Dark Sheik um, being honored and like just talking about how she basically set things up so that this match could even happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was already on my mind, like going into the match and I don't know that. Yeah. was like the, that, that was the biggest sort of thing for me as I was watching it, just that this is really a historic moment and mm-hmm. I just felt so good. Yeah. And I think it played out because like when the bell rang, like the applause just, kept going yeah like you know obviously like the match got underway shortly thereafter but like everybody took a beat everybody took a beat to kind of realize like what this moment really meant Mm -hmm. um and then of course chaos ensued between the three of them (laughs) obviously Sheik and Anita Surreal have uh, a long-standing rivalry dating back to uh, the first big gay brunch in Indianapolis back in 2020 um a rematch that we have not seen yet, by the way. So hopefully that rematch will be coming soon. Um, but and then Candy, you know, finally making her first um, kind of she de- she was in the Rumble the previous night, but like her like first like match match in per- in uh, pro wrestling vibe at Paris is bumping after you know really making a name for herself with the the videos that the that she has sent in the. Um, um, of her voguing and, and dancing and, you know, just showcasing her personality overall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool to see. And I feel like ev- a lot of unique aspects of everybody kind of came out in this match. Candy, I swear to God, hearing her scream no as yes. Dark Sheik and Edith Surreal are throwing her into the ring post. <laughs> like <laughs> that. And then over by where we were at, um, her, like, stomping uh i think it was edith stomping edith and just like <laughs> the bam 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just candy ha- candy has a humor to her obviously um and it was just a really fun uh aspect of the match uh and then chic and, and edith together was just it reminds you. It reminded me of that first match at the Big Gay Brunch, where they just went in and put on a technical showcase there, um, and more of that was in this match. Like the three of them worked really, really well together, and the the end of the match was was really a really fun setup too, because like it, you had Sheik and Edith there on the top rope. Uh, Edith hits the superplex off the top rope, trying to set up Sheik for uh, for a pinfall to, to win the match. But as after she hits the superplex, Candy climbs the top <laughs> rope and hits that split leg, uh, leg drop that she does. And the place just lit up. <laughs> as soon as like she started climbing, you hear people like, oh, oh, oh. And then it hits the move and this <laughs> explosion. And then the three count and another explosion. 
and then Candy celebrating in the ring by voguing yes. do, and doing the drop and just like there's a video that Devon took that he put up on on his Twitter that is just like as soon as like you see like Candy celebrating and then she hits that drop and the camera starts shaking <laughs> as it zooms in on her and like everybody's just like losing it um and then of course the post match moment there because after the match like Sheik, Edith, Crystal all stayed in the ring. Billy comes in, gives them another uh, bouquet, um, all four of them, and yeah. then hoists the, the trans pride flag behind them, uh, and you know starts screaming over the mic, "Herstory, yes, like, herstory," and like just holding up that. And you have the four of them together with Billy holding the flag up, and it just creates this image that in our country where. So many different aspects of uh, the trans experience are trying to be legislated into criminalization. It's amazing to me that pro wrestling is the place. <laughs> pro wrestling is the place that is saying, like, you are welcome here. You are empowered here. Fuck whatever else is going on outside of the world. We will celebrate you mm -hmm. just the way that you are. Pro wrestling is saying that, and the rest, a good chunk of the rest of culture is not. And that is what makes me so happy to be in the job that I am and covering this era of pro wrestling that I am. Because, like, the thing that made me feel so othered, even though I loved it growing up, is now the one sanctuary that so many people have mm -hmm. from the outside world. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I had to... Mm. That's been that's been bottled up for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. Like, I obviously can't completely rate, relate just because of our different lived experiences around that. But, yeah. I, like, before meeting you, I know I've said this a million times. And every time <laughs> I say it, I say this thing about saying it a million times. But, like, just I would not have guessed that this is what pro wrestling is. Yeah. Until I met you. And like, even as you were easing me into things, like we were going to live shows in Georgia, which, you know, I there were like LGBTQ wrestlers, but you, they weren't showcased mm -hmm. like in the wrestling that we watch together currently. Like even with our live shows that we go to, like local live shows, like yeah. I still am seeing like, a lot of queer talent which I wouldn't be getting in more mainstream wrestling like I never thought that this was the world for me yeah you know like as as a queer person but also like as a mixed person of color yeah like I mean hell DOA the company that runs out here just crowned like their first ever like openly LGBTQ champion when Dave Turner won the tag title mm -hmm. with Chris Ross just a, a couple months ago yeah. So, like, yeah. Like, but I totally feel you. It's stuff like this, like, that I think will attract more viewers, like, outside of the wrestling world, because it is such a good combination of cultures, like, <laughs> queer cultures. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, I've just been reflecting, like, the last couple of times we've um 
when you've had me on your podcast and everything and just kind of thinking about my thoughts on wrestling when I was first getting introduced to it to just now seeing like this is what not just now but now having this be my perspective of this is what wrestling is like I don't know it's a huge shift yeah and I think that's the goal of pro wrestling vibe Honestly, that's the goal of the Big Gay Brunch. That's the goal of Full Queer. That's the goal of Hood Slam. That's the goal of um, so many other LGBTQ-led promotions. Um, like that. That's the, what. That's the goal. And Hood Slam is definitely on our oh, it's on checklist. Yes, like it we is. are gonna get there. Yes. Like I am doing. Trust me, I am already <laughs> looking at ways to get to uh, the Forbidden Back Door <laughs> in July right now. So <laughs> it's. It's it's there for sure, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think that really sums up the weekend as a whole. Though, I just want to say that I really appreciated being able to meet um, some of the listeners of this podcast in person, yes. but also meet other wrestlers. Like I, I am not a very forward facing person necessarily. Like I would much rather re- remain like anonymous. So. If I was weird or awkward at all, it's prob that's probably partly why like I cannot go back and listen to these podcasts because like the idea of any of my thoughts, feelings, my voice just being out there on the internet forever is that's not that's a weird thought for me. But anyway, I don't know. It was really great like meeting people who listen to the show and I don't know. Well, whenever I meet wrestlers, I'm with you and people recognize you. But it's like, I don't know. It felt different, this show. It definitely did. I mean, you know, we talked about it on the way out there. You know, I had like this, like, this good nervous energy about like, really the, this being the first time that I would be somewhat forward facing because, you know, we had, um, we had a space at the merch table. We you know, had stuff to, to sell, but also because, like, the show has just grown so much. And, you know, I knew that there were going to be listeners there. And, um, you know, and there are people that on the show that, you know, built relationships with and that I was excited to see and, and meet for the first time, you know. I, like, as many times as I've had Billy on the show, he's never turned his webcam on during one of our interviews. <laughs> yeah. So, like... Meeting and just having like the small moments that I had with him for the first time was like the first time I've interacted with him face to face. And that was just really awesome to have. Like, you know, meeting Eddie just like a couple weeks after we recorded that that episode, that very like vulnerable episode for him um, was just amazing. And to share the moment uh, with him post the Paris Honors was really cool to see. I really wish I could have met so many other people. I'm I'm very much like you. I could be a little standoffish. No, could, standoffish isn't quite the right word. I think it's more just... Uh, it's, it's a mix of social anxiety and shyness, I think. Yeah. Standoffish, I think of as like, a neg- like I don't want to talk to you or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but that's yeah. not what's going on for you at all. I just hope it didn't come off that way to anybody that I did not meet or talk to for this show. Because like... You know, there were a number of people that I wanted to introduce myself to. Like, I wanted to introduce myself to MSP. I wanted to introduce myself to to Weber and Shay and Dylan and so many other people that were there. Um, Trish, you know, Devon. But, like, I just... It's hard for me sometimes 
um, in those situations. But, you know, the people that, that did come by and, and say hello, you know, um, people that I know from Twitter that I got to see again or meet for the first time, like, I... I'll just throw some names out there. It was great to see Elm again. Great to finally meet Chewie from from Grit and Glitter. Um, you know, Ricky and and Jerry Legend. You know, coming by the table. I know those they're both um, avid listeners of the show. Um, really cool to, to meet them. Um, and yeah, just finally got to meet Rye, the director of Out in the Ring, in person for the first time. Also, mm-hmm. and got to pal around with him. Met Polio for the first time in person. <laughs> As well, that was the first time. That Y'all a, seemed so natural. Well, we've we've had we've talked a lot. Like, I know, but I wouldn't have guessed. It but was, that was yeah, yeah. That, that was the first time we've met in person. Um, hmm. you know, so that was really cool to see. Got to see Sheik again, which is always fun. Got yeah. to see Effie again, which is always fun. Um, yeah, just get I finally got to meet Edie as well. Got to meet Edith, um, which was really cool. Um, you know, have we really not met her in person? No, oh, we haven't. My goodness. Yeah. That's another one that just feels like that's happened already, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. But yeah, really you're cool. right, I guess. Yeah, and, and to meet Nick as well. Like we got to meet Nick too. We the uh, mm-hmm. stopped by the table as well. Like it was just it was just so much fun and, and such a great sense of community and it really being out there just made me realize that I can't wait for this to happen again. I yeah. don't know I don't know what this is gonna look like next year. Because, you know, this was a large, like, financial undertaking for Billy. Um, and this is a, a huge... I don't know if we're going to get the same amount of people on a show. I don't know if we're going to... I don't know if Pride and Vibe is going to be the same thing as it was this year, next year. But... I mean, it may be different, but this, I know it's still going to be awesome. The spirit's still going to be there. The spirit of what it is. And that's really the thing that can't can't be fucking killed no matter what um and i think that's where we're gonna leave it here today so casey thank you so much for taking the time on this sunday morning to put out (laughs) to record with me and talk about this show for a show that's gonna go up in just a couple of hours (laughs) honestly like i feel like i was much more relaxed doing this in the morning versus like after work god god I, I work a very, uh, I work a job that's filled with a lot of vicarious or secondary trauma. So if, if, I get really anxious before doing podcasts generally, but this is why we get along relaxed. so well. Because we, we <laughs> we're always anxious. We both have jobs that, <laughs> that, that, that kind of like live vicariously in trauma. Yeah. Hooray. No, love you. But on that note, like, <sighs> shit's hard right now, y'all. Like, please take care of yourselves. I know that's much easier said than done. Like, I know that from personal experiences, I struggle to take care of myself currently. But y'all seriously stay safe. Yeah. Take care. We love you. We definitely do. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good place to 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 end it rather than doing the normal outro, because this is not a time to stay messy. This is a time to stay vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, happy birthday, Tara Calloway. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the
minutes, but the moon is high and the devil is shining still. 